Welcome to The Excellent Fiduciary, a podcast from Roland Chris, where we explore what it takes to meet and exceed the demands of managing an employee benefit plan in today's complex market. From regulatory developments to fiduciary news and practical tips, tune in to The Excellent Fiduciary for your step-by-step guide in achieving compliance and confidence in a new fiduciary era. Now let's begin today's show with an introduction from our Roland Chris host. Target date retirement funds, or TDFs, can be attractive investment options for employees who don't want to manage their retirement savings actively by themselves. Significant differences among TDF programs can affect the way a TDF performs. Severe consequences lurk for planned fiduciaries that add TDFs to their retirement plans, investment options, but fail to ensure that the choices they select perform appropriately over time. I'm Ron Hagen, and it's my pleasure to host this episode of the Excellent Fiduciary Podcast. My guest today is Christine Denton. She's Executive Vice President and Group Leader in Roland Chris's Risk Practice Group. In her capacity, she oversees risk assessments within the employee benefit plan community. She also focuses on ensuring that clients adhere to the principal fiduciary duty of prudence. I've asked her to share her insights into how prudent conduct translates into selecting and managing investment firms that offer target date funds to 401k and 403b retirement plans. Christine, welcome. Now, the topic of target date funds has suddenly, it seems, become a very hot topic. You're right. Um, Thank you for inviting me to share some insights with the audience on this topic. Uh, The attention on target date funds has exploded, and I think a good place for me to start is with some background on target date funds and why they're so popular. With the growth of 401k and other individual account retirement plans, many more participants are responsible for investing their own retirement savings. TDFs can be attractive investment options for employees who don't want to manage their retirement savings actively. TDFs automatically rebalance to become more conservative as an employee gets closer to retirement. The so-called target date uh, refers to a target retirement date and is often part of the fund's name. For example, you might see TDFs with names like Portfolio 2030, Retirement Fund 2030, or Target 2030. These are funds are designed for individuals who intend to retire during or near the year 2030. Because of these features, many plan sponsors decide to use TDFs as their plan's qualified default investment alternative or QDIA under the Department of Labor regulations. Christine, real quickly, you've mentioned uh, QDIA. Uh, Remind us what a QDIA accomplishes, if you will, please. Well, briefly, a QDIA is a default investment option chosen by a planned fiduciary for participants who fail to make an election regarding the investment of their account balances. The regulations provide relief to planned fiduciaries for any loss or breach that is the direct and necessary result of investing all or part of a participant's account in any QDIA. So naturally, that's a risk management benefit uh, defined contribution plan sponsors enthusiastically embrace. Okay, so a target date fund meets QDIA requirements and is a significant attraction to anyone who designs an investment lineup, uh, such as a retirement plan committee. So what about the participants in retirement plans? What does a TDF program do for them? 
The TDF will offer a long-term investment strategy based on a holding um, on holding a mix of stocks, bonds, and other investments. And that mix is commonly referred to as asset allocation. And this automatically changes over time as the participant ages. A TDF's initial asset allocation when a target date is several years away usually consists mainly of stocks or equity investments, which often have greater potential for higher returns, but also can be more volatile and carry greater investment risk. As the target date fund um, or the target date approaches and often continues after the target date, the fund's asset allocation shifts to include a higher portion of more conservative investments like bonds and cash instruments. These are generally less volatile and carry less investment risk than stocks. So this shift in the asset allocation over time is called the TDF's glide path. Ah, the glide path. We, we often hear about the glide path when target date funds are the subject of discussion and all the more so in recent class action lawsuits. So what should our listeners know about the target date term, which for many is kind of a vague term? Well, one of the essential things to know is whether a target date funds glide path uses a two retirement or a three retirement approach. The two approach reduces the TDF's equity exposure over time to its most conservative point at that target date. A through approach, on the other hand, reduces equity exposure through the target date. And this can be anywhere from seven to 12 years after the target date. So it doesn't reach its most conservative point until years later. Within this general framework, however, there are considerable differences among TDFs offered by different providers. So even among TDFs with the same target date. For example, TDFs may have different investment strategies, glide paths, and investment related fees. Because those differences can significantly affect how a TDF performs, fiduciaries must understand these differences when selecting a TDF as an investment option for their plan. Well, the U.S. Department of Labor has made it abundantly clear that selecting and monitoring investment options for a qualified retirement plan is a fundamental fiduciary responsibility. I'm pretty sure that most members of committees that oversee those plans get it. They understand that. However, according to recent public comments by the Department of Labor, target date funds don't receive the same evaluation when selected and the same scrutiny ongoing as other investment options. Christine, can you tell our audience what to remember when choosing target date funds? Well, you're right about that. That is uh, something that commonly um, is Uh, not given the right amount of scrutiny in an investment lineup. And my experience teaches that there are eight activities related to the careful handling of TDFs. A lot of these plan sponsors may already be familiar with, but in the interest of time, I'll be brief as I present each one. But I think they form an excellent outline that all fiduciaries can follow. So number one is establish a process for comparing and selecting TDFs. In general, plan fiduciaries should engage in an objective approach. For example, when choosing a TDF, you should consider prospectus information such as performance or investment returns and investment fees and expenses. It would help to evaluate how well the TDF's characteristics align with eligible employees' ages and likely retirement dates as well. The second way you would establish a process for the periodic review of the selected TDFs. Plan fiduciaries are required periodically to review the plan's investment options to ensure that they should continue to be offered. At a minimum, the review process should include examining whether there have been any significant changes in the information fiduciaries considered when the option was selected or last reviewed. 
Next, uh, we want to be able to understand the fund's investments. And by that, I mean the allocation and the different asset classes, stocks, bonds, cash, individual investments, and how these will change over time. You want to ensure that you understand the fund's glide path, as we discussed earlier, including when the fund will reach its most conservative asset allocation and whether that will occur at or after the target date. Some funds keep a sizable investment in more volatile assets like stocks, even as they pass their target retirement dates. Fourth is review the fund's fees and investment expenses. TDF costs can vary significantly in the amount and types of fees charged. Slight differences in investment fees and costs can have a severe impact on reducing long-term retirement savings. There may be added expenses for things like asset allocation, rebalancing, and access to unique investments. And these can help to smooth returns in uncertain markets, which may be worth the cost, but it is essential to ask. Uh, next, we want to inquire about whether a custom or non-proprietary target date fund would be a better fit for your plan. There are many alternatives out there, and some TDF vendors may offer a pre-packaged product that uses only the vendor's proprietary funds as the TDF component investments. Alternate, alternatively, a custom TDF may offer advantages to your plan participants by allowing you to incorporate the plan's existing core funds in the TDF. Non-proprietary TDFs could offer benefits by including component funds managed by fund managers other than the TDF provider itself, thus further diversifying participants' exposure to one investment provider. Six, we want to develop effective employee communications, just as it is crucial for the plan fiduciary to understand TDF basics when choosing a TDF investment option for the plan. Employees who are responsible for investing their individual accounts need that critical information too. And next, we want to take advantage of available sources of information to evaluate the TDF and recommendations you received regarding the TDF selection. There are increasing commercially available sources for information and services to assist plan fiduciaries in their decision making and review process. And finally, we want to document the process. This is vital. Plan fiduciaries should document the selection and review process, including how they reach the decisions about all individual investment options, especially target date funds. Well, those steps, those activities outline a terrific framework of best practices that, if applied, can effectively manage an investment decision-making process, almost regardless of what the investment vehicle is, but certainly should be applied to the target date fund category. Well, before we conclude our session today, what would you suggest a fiduciary committee should do that has not looked at the target date fund suite in their lineup? with the kind of detail that you're recommending? That's a good question, Ron, and I'll, I'll try to be brief as I answer, but I would strongly urge employers to commission an investment risk assessment. Many investment advisors have the training to perform a risk assessment, but not all plans have investment advisors. Suppose a retirement plan committee has a consultant serving in a co-fiduciary capacity, and by the way, uh, you should never use a record keeper for an assessment, uh, but in that case, the co-fiduciary should conduct a complete examination of the entire investment lineup with specific emphasis on the target date fund segment. Any retirement plan that does not have a qualified investment advisor serving the fiduciary committee may contact Roland Chris by phone at 800-440-3457 and you may call my extension at 204. 
with the increasing legal burdens facing organizations, a retirement plan's investment oversight program is crucial in helping shape financial outcomes and avoiding regulatory problems. Our risk assessments identify policy gaps and reveal opportunities for improvement, and they're excellent proof of prudent conduct. An investment risk assessment finds any shortcomings in a TDF array and identifies improvements and gives confidence to a plan's fiduciaries. Christine, thank you for sharing your excellent expertise with us today. You've provided our audience with the motivation and the insights to look intently at their retirement plans, target date funds, using a due diligence outline that aligns with the most advanced best practices guidelines in the employee benefit plan community. So once again, thank you. I hope our audience members will take you up on your offer to answer their questions after hearing this podcast. And to our audience, uh, you may contact with Chris, you may contact Christine by email at excellent fiduciary, all one word, at rollandchris.com. Well, thank you for your participation in this podcast. We enjoy receiving feedback. So make your comments about today's episode by email at that same address. That's excellentfiduciary at rolandchris.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and I hope you'll join us on our next podcast. And until then, have a great day. <music>